We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, Chicago, what do you say? It's the CHGO Cubs podcast presented by DraftKings, America's top-rated sportsbook. Download the app and use the promo code CHGO when you sign up. Happy Monday to you. It's a off day, scheduled off day for your Chicago Cubs, but not for this podcast. We're rolling, still talking Cubs baseball, lots to talk about, and we will be joined by a special guest a little bit further on in the podcast. Alex Cohen, the voice of the Iowa Cubs, will be joining us. And I'm sure Cody may have a question or two about Matt Mervis for Mr. Cohen because MASH was mashing <laughs> once again this weekend. Um, you know, I mean, Perhaps. It's, it's exciting to see what he's done. That, that part of it's been fun. Uh, the series against the Dodgers, not so fun. And then this morning, Cody sent us a message in Slack, the, you know, kind of really somber news that, uh, Beth Murphy of Murphy's Bleachers has passed away, the owner of Murphy's Bleachers. Um, so thoughts and prayers to her family and uh, all the people that, you know, go to Murphy's to talk to Beth and hang out there. Uh, Waveland and Sheffield, her husband died. I 2013. 2003. Is that right? right? There was a three in that year. I can't remember. I, yeah, I, I think it was pretty, pretty long, pretty long ago, like 2003, but. Uh, she's always been a, a champion of the Wrigleyville businesses. Because uh, remember, Wrigleyville wasn't always what it is today. Right. And I know that uh, she was pretty strong against some of the stuff the Ricketts were doing with fences and blocking views. And, you know, a lot of that got settled up, but it was it was pretty ugly for a while. Um, but obviously, Murphy's is one of the great institutions in Wrigleyville. Right. I mean, like, yeah. Cody, I know you got the sweatshirt. That's like that's probably is that your favorite place to go before a game? Yeah. Yeah. I uh, I I love going there when it when the Cubs aren't even playing. That's like one of my favorite bars uh, to just go to in general. But on game days. Yeah, I was there on Saturday and I was there yesterday uh, on Saturday. I was there with our friend Greg Braggs and Mark Carmen, and we had a couple old styles. And, you know, it's just a great spot to go to before games. So. Uh, I tweeted earlier, I've never met Beth, unfortunately, but, uh, you know, what she did for, you know, in creating the reputation of that bar um, uh, goes a long way. Um, it's a staple in that neighborhood. And, uh, you know, I, I always re recommend that bar to anyone who is going to a game or if you're just here and you're in that neighborhood, it's a must stop. I've, I've gone in there and <laughs> when it's not even baseball season and just, uh, you know, had a good time with my friends or whoever I'm with. So yeah. um, it's a great bar. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah I'm not a 
I was forever, gonna say, I'm not, right? I, go ahead, Ryan. I was gonna say I'm not a huge uh, Murphy's. Like, not that I'm not a fan of it, I just not the place I generally go uh, in Wrigleyville. But I mean, there's like remember that video at the end, like in September, that uh, that the Cubs put together. It was the whatever that drone yeah. thing flying around, and it flew through Murphy's. And it's not, it's not like oh no, it's just an easy place to get to. Like no, there's a reason they picked Murphy's Bleachers for that because it's a place a lot of just people in Wrigleyville go to, but Cubs fans specifically, you know, you go to Murphy's, you look at the, whatever they have written on the sign that day. I mean, you always see pictures on Twitter of it and stuff. Um, yeah. That's a, a pretty, I mean, as far as iconic Wrigleyville bars go, that's right there with like sluggers. Right. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's definitely, definitely a loss for Wrigleyville. I know I've already seen people on Twitter just talking about like well, Beth Murphy for sure, but just Murphy's in general and what it does for the neighborhood. And um, yeah, it's a, it's a big loss for Wrigleyville. Cause that's, that's an important part of the the history and the you know iconicness of the of the neighborhood. Yeah, I mean it's one of the if you had to name five bars to someone who had never been to Chicago or a Cubs game at Wrigley Field, absolutely Murphy's is on the list. Um, her husband bought the bar in the late '70s, I believe. It used to be called Ray's Bleachers, so that's how long it's been there. Like there was a previous owner. Um, it was Ray's bleachers, then Murphy's bleachers. Everybody knows that, you know, Eddie Vetter's played concerts there. He loves to hang out at Murphy's bleachers. Um, I think one of the last times we saw Theo at, at Wrigley field, Theo was sitting upstairs on the rooftop at Murphy's bleachers. Right. Um, so yeah, it's one of the iconic bars and, and we'll be interested to see how the bar moves forward without, uh, its owner and, person who really ran the place so and again she was one of the great voices in wrigleyville no matter whose side you were on for the development of wrigleyville and bleachers and the jumbotrons and all that um she was always on the side of the uh the business owners in wrigleyville who obviously are a huge part of what cubs baseball is at home right around it's not just the ballpark it's the area around it and uh, it's certainly not Murphy's, not one of those just cookie cutter places in the area. So um, thoughts and prayers to the Murphy family. Cubs return uh, back to play tomorrow, 12 and nine. And I'm curious, Cody, how you felt after losing three out of four for the Dodgers. And then I have a little note I, I made up to to tell you about. Mm. Well, do you want me to give you the good news or the bad news first? Oh, stuff? Either one, you, good or bad news. How do, how do you feel after losing uh, three to four? Well, the good news, Stuck, is the Cubs are 12 and nine. And even after losing those two, I would not have guessed that they'd be 12 and nine at this point in the year with the schedule that they have played. Um, the bad news is. They were twelve and seven two days before, and you were we were riding a lot of a lot of energy going into Saturday, and I'm just again, it's part of the roller coaster. It's part of the roller coaster, but at the same time, like I think Corey and Brennan said it best, man. Like this roster is not at the point. Like th- there's no way this roster is going to look anything like this in September if they are actually in the playoff hunt. They they have to make some upgrades at certain spots and I I'm just like the the clock the clock is ticking on on certain guys that are in Iowa right now uh certain guys who are on the roster right now mm-hmm. um you know I, I'm trying to remain 
as level-headed as possible just because yeah they they've they've won five they before this series they just lost they had won five consecutive series and you're getting contributions out of guys you didn't expect like I don't think any of us expected Mark Leiter Jr. to be this great as he has been. If you want to talk about the bullpen, um, Keegan Thompson, Aberdazzle, I think, has given us what we all expected, but even better in some aspects. Um, other guys like uh, Michael Rucker have, has been good. Um, from the offensive standpoint, you know, Nico Horner is playing with like, like he's lit on fire arguably the best second baseman in the National League at the very least. Dansby Swanson's been, you know, the power hasn't showed up yet, but he's been great. Ian Happ looks like, you know, an all-star again. You're getting great contributions from the top of your order uh, on top of Saya coming back and playing very well and and everything. But then when you get to the bottom of the lineup, it's it's a, there's a lot of questions. And, like, that's what's probably bothering a lot of Cubs fans right now is bothering me. It's making me go back and forth on how I feel about this team. And – I think Corey and Brennan said it best when this team just doesn't have a lot of time to, you know, just kind of fiddle around like the pirates are 16 and seven and Milwaukee got off to a great start. And, you know, as much as I love to sit on Twitter and, and troll St. Louis, you know, they are going to be better. They, they, they will be better than what they are. Um, So to me, in my eyes, it's like clock is ticking, man, or else you're going to find yourself, you know, out of the playoff picture because you wasted too much time or or we're going to be looking back at some of these games that they've lost at the end of the year and thinking, man, especially if they lose, if they miss the playoffs by like a game or two, might be looking back at some of these games in April and thinking, man, if only we would have, you know, if we're going to sit Ian Happ on Sunday, maybe we shouldn't put Luis Torrens in the middle of the lineup uh, in, in, in place of him. You know what I mean? So that's, that's kind of where I'm at. I'm just going back and forth. Uh, with my emotions on it because I know this team has been good. There's plenty of things to like, there's plenty, and, but there's also plenty of things to, to have some concern about. So that's where I'm at. I, I will amend things, something I've been saying over the last couple of weeks and that I still don't, you know, I'm not going to sit here and say that like Matt Mervis or, you know, whoever it is needs to be up right now. And also I still think, you know, or a weekly, I know me and Luke kind of mentioned it, that it was like, Oh, it's April like 18th or whatever day it was. Like you don't need to go too crazy. A week later, I'm, that hasn't completely changed my mind. But um, and this is going off something that Corey said. I think he, I want to say he talked about it yesterday on the on the him and him and Brendan post game show. But he also said it when he was in office last week that if these if these guys Luis Torrens and Evan Rios are going to be on the roster while guys like Nelson Velasquez and Matt Mervis or Morrell, they're all in the minors. Okay. Like I'm still, you know, that's fine. You know, it's April 24th. It's fine. But if those guys are going to be on the roster, like they have, they have to play more. They can't just be sitting on the bench because when you, in those situations where they are the bench bats, like the bench bats, they're not the, they're not the top bench bats that you want out there. Like if you're going to have someone, hitting the bench you want someone to be you want that, per, that player to be able to you know trustworthy when you bring him in later on in the game and like like nick madrigal fits has has honestly fit in that pretty well where he's not starting every day but it feels like for the most part, i know what you know yesterday the double play to end it whatever for the most part he's been pretty trustworthy you know coming in off the bench or just you know when he, those days he does start you you don't feel bad about it like you know people still want to throw him under the bus for a lot of things but he's played well in, in the role he's been given i think um but for a couple of the other guys that aren't 
you know, are, are, aren't getting a whole lot of opportunities and don't really take advantage of those opportunities when they do get them, that's when you start to think about, okay, like why, you know, one, why is this guy not playing more? Like, why are they, if they're going to keep him there, they have to give him more of those shots. And so I've, I've come around on that sense that these guys are, can't just be taking up roster spots to take up roster spots. They have to be playing. Um, I'm not rushing any of those minor leaguers up yet. It's just that weird holding pattern where, like, get these guys, get these guys some more at bats for some more time in the field, so you can at least gauge how well they play with this team. Because right now they're just not, they're not playing that much. And that, so when Corey says that, I'm like that. That has changed my mind a little bit on, on w- what are we doing with the bench right now. We will uh, talk a lot of prospect stuff with Alex Cohen coming up in just a little, uh, maybe a couple minutes here. Because uh, he gets to see the guys at Iowa every single day. And, you know, you see some of his tweets and then all the guys that are out there watching minor league baseball right now. And a lot of positivity coming from the Cubs organization. Uh, and a lot of good things continued over the weekend. I do say this, Cody. While I understand what you're saying, it, it's you don't want to waste opportunities, right? Because I think at the very least it could have been a 2-2 series. Yeah. Uh, they could have at least split with the Dodgers, and I'd like to see them try and pick up some of those games against the Padres so at least you don't feel tough. But we knew going in, if you looked at it on paper, you were like, wow, this is, A, not an easy month. Like, this could be the toughest month of the schedule. So you look at schedule, and you could say, well, if they get out of April and they're still 500, if, if you would have given me that back in spring training, I would have taken it. But – I see what you're saying. Somebody in the chat mentioned, listen, one through five is raking. They should be better than this right now. And the pitching's been pretty good. What do these teams all have in common? Dodgers, Padres, Phillies, Cardinals, Astros, Guardians, Twins, Mariners, Angels, White Sox. That's a lot of teams. The Cubs have a better record than all of those teams. I I was going to say, are they all underperforming compared to the Cubs? Like, that was the only thing. The Cubs have a better record than the Dodgers, a better record than the Padres, the Phillies, the Cardinals, the Astros, Guardians, Twins, Mariners, Angels, and White Sox. So while I do understand you don't want to let opportunities slide by, the fans of these teams are way more worried, even though even though several of them certainly have way more talent and bigger expectations than the Cubs this season. Um, you know, it's it is just early. We're still not to a month yet. Um, I think we're starting to find out maybe where this team will fall. It's more exciting than last year. Somebody asked about record. I'm still sticking with my 83. I, I like I don't want it. We got a little excited about a week ago. We we're like, oh, we better bump up those. Let's just stick with our thoughts and and, and see what happens. Um, but for well, now, the Cubs are better than the Dodgers, Padres, Phillies, Astros, Cardinals. That's with, shocking. Well, to your point about, you know, you're sticking with 83. I think Brennan and Corey even mentioned the Fangraphs um, projection, like win total projection. They, they boosted the Cubs up to 80 with the start that they're at. Mm-hmm. If you're the Cubs, like I listen, you know me, I'm all about like eye test and vibes and like pan graphs only mean so much to me. But like if they're if they're seeing what the Cubs are doing and they boosted that total up to 80, then there's like you could eat, like they either, either finish six games less than that, probably, or six games more than that by the end of the year if they played even half as well as they're playing right now in, in a way. And sure, maybe 83 is that number, but 
you to me you have to capitalize on those types of things. And the only reason that bothers me right now is they just play four with the Dodgers and now they have three with the Padres and it's just like I just wish there was more urgency. Like again, I Ryan mentioned magical. I'm not I wasn't upset that magical batted with the bases loaded yesterday. I'm upset because you're putting Luis Torrens in the middle of the lineup and and you're sitting Ian Happ and this and it's not the I'm not upset about Ian Happ sitting. I'm upset that instead of I don't know someone else other than Luis Torrens or if you're going to play Luis Torrens don't put him in the middle of the lineup. I don't care that he's a right-handed hitter and you're going up a lefty. That lefty is Clayton Kershaw. I, it just to me it just doesn't make any sense. That to me that doesn't make sense if you're going to sit one of your best players, arguably your best player and then put him in the lineup whenever you have guys like a Nelson Velasquez in Iowa or or Matt Mervis or Christopher Morel. It's those little things to, in my eyes that I look back on and I'm thinking wasted opportunity. Could have taken two, two or split the series, perhaps even take three or four if you just make some roster construction. I'm not asking for all three of those guys that I just mentioned. I'm, I've been asking for Matt Mervis because he's the one who makes the most sense because Eric Hosmer and Trey Mancini, they just haven't been very good. I understand that Morel, they want to play him every single day. Velasquez, all right, they're they're pretty good at outfield. Cody Bellinger has a 150 WRC plus. Sezuki's been great since he came back, and Ian Happ is your left fielder, All Star Gold Glover. It makes sense that Velasquez is in Iowa for the most part. But Matt Mervis, the only thing holding back Matt Mervis from the Chicago Cubs right now is Jed Hoyer, and it doesn't make any sense to me. He belongs on the Cubs, and he should be on the Cubs. I said May first. But if this team loses the series against the Padres, I will be yelling for him when they go to Miami. Like, I'm already kind of yelling about it. But, like, that's just where – I feel like that's where every Cubs fan is at. That is where I am at. They need more help at the bottom of the lineup. And I'm not saying that Matt Mervis will be a savior or anything like that. All I know is that he just – there's higher upside. He's red hot, and I always got a walk rate higher than his strikeout rate. I mean – I don't know what what else you need to see from the guy in Iowa. I, I just I don't under I don't know what else you need to see, uh, whether it's a certain amount of at bats or whatever. To me, it's all about playing the hot hand. And this team, this this Cubs team, they they they're coming in with no expectations on the season. They're twelve and nine. This is the time where they, in my opinion, should be taking advantage of guys who are playing well. And he's playing well. Why not? If it doesn't work out, okay, you can send him back to Iowa, get more at-bats, more consistent at-bats if, if that's what it's got to take. But we won't know if you have to do that until they call him up and give him the chance. So that's where All right, let's get ready to go to Alex Cohen here. We're going to do our ad reads. We just showed the uh, Ash Burvis graphic we've had made. And, of course, I want to – I've got a few suggestions I can throw Alex's way for a couple of home run calls that I've been working on in head. Uh, Cody, you're a little disappointed in the Cubs weekend. You're never disappointed in the ComEd Energy Efficiency Program. You're right, Luke. You know, because the weather wasn't exactly great at Wrigley this weekend, so I got to see the new lights in action. Unfortunately, I didn't get to see the light, the W, because they lost both games. Would have been awesome. But anyway, the ComEd Energy Efficiency Program had a big part in the Cubs helping get those lights probably, I'm assuming. Uh, there it's a, it's committed to helping families and businesses in the communities they serve, helping manage energy usage and lower energy bills now and into the future. That's right. Cody comet offers a wide variety of incentives on lighting and other efficiency upgrades to commercial industrial and public sector customers of all sizes across the territory. Comet also offers free facility assessments that can help find energy saving opportunities like HVAC systems, commercial kitchen equipment, or 
industrial processes. Really? Want to know how it works? Let me tell you. (laughs) An authorized engineer will work with you to develop a detailed assessment plan specific to your goals and needs. They can be done in person or virtually last about two hours. Then within three or four weeks, customers get a report detailing energy efficiency projects they can start working on right away. Each recommendation will estimate energy savings, cost savings, project costs, potential incentives, and simple payback. If you own a business, don't sleep on this. Don't wait. Get started saving money and energy today for energy-saving tips. Lighting in order to schedule your free facility assessment. Go to comed.com slash poweringbiz. Comed.com slash poweringbiz, Luke? You've got it right, Mr. Del Mendo. Schedule it today. Oh, boy. Let me tell you, those lights are nice and bright at night, but we're going to get some sunshine here later in the week. Hopefully, yeah. Ryan's going to have to wear his shady rays out to the ballpark. Just for like vibes alone. Before. Yeah, like I said before, I might have to wear my shady rays just for the lights. They're that bright. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so like if you if you're like me and you don't want to just stare into those lights the whole day, make sure you got your shady rays on. Uh, take on the sun with gear built to last. Our friends at Shady Rays have you covered for the warm weather ahead with premium polarized shades at an affordable price. Shady Rays is an independent sunglasses company that offers a world class product that's just as good as any expensive pair that we've worn i have these ones i also have the black timber they're great they're durable frames and extremely clear optics for outdoor adventures and that's not all shady rays offers the most insane protection in all of eyewear every pair of sunglasses by is backed by lost and broken replacements if you lose or break your pair even on day one they told us they will send you a brand new pair no questions asked so wear your shady rays with confidence because they have your back long after you purchase my mom was actually just in uh, Mexico and she said she dropped her shady rays and they got a scratch on them. So I told her, like, take advantage of that loss and broken replacements because uh, you might you, you might just be able to get yourself a new pair. No questions asked. Together with their customers, Shady Rays is providing much needed support to nonprofit partners across the U.S. through Shady Rays Impact from building play sets for pediatric cancer patients to providing young adults with MS, the outdoor adventure of a lifetime. Shady Rays is making an impact in your community and others like it, and now and for years to come. If you don't love your Shady Rays, exchange for a new pair or return them for free with three, within 30 days. There's no risk when you shop. Their team always has your back. And exclusively for our listeners, Shady Rays is giving out their best deal of the season. Go to ShadyRays.com and use code CHGO for 50% off two-plus pairs of polarized sunglasses. Try for yourself the shades rated five stars by over 200 250,000 people. Shady Rays, love them. Go get yourself a couple pairs. Michael Collada, he says he needs his Shady Rays so he can so he can't see who's pitching the ninth inning. Come on. The, the Godfather. <laughs> just he just he all he has is heat. That's all he brings. He just brings nothing That's but it. heat to this to this YouTube <laughs> chat on a daily basis, man. <laughs> Thanks everybody in the chat. Even Michael Collada, the Godfather, and of course hashtag Mike Dubs. Twenty more days of Mike Dubs for his Healthy donation on opening day. And Gerard. And uh, who else am I missing? Fernando. 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 Yeah. Um, oh, the Duke. The Duke. The, the Duke. Duke. Yeah. Duke. We had a lot of Super Chats on Friday. So. Anyway. Oh, yeah, we did. It was going so, crazy. All right. I like think our, our, guest is been, our guest has been waiting patiently while my mic cuts oh. in and out here for some reason today. <laughs> no, I'm just listening. It's, it's fun to watch. Uh, you know, Cody's obviously uh, cool, calm, collected about everything. So that's, that's- <laughs> <laughs> clearly. Yeah. 
clearly. Uh, joined by guys. Alex Cohen, the voice of the Iowa Cubs. Alex, first of all, thanks for joining us and taking a few minutes. Um, everybody, well, I should start with Cody. Cody is the head of Bring Up Matt Mervis Fan Club, but he is certainly not the only one. Our chat on a daily basis is filled with when is Mervis coming? If somebody goes 0 for 2, then it's really heavy with where's Matt Mervis. So what have you seen from Matt Mervis uh, that excites you about his hopefully soon-to-be future at Wrigley Field? Uh, can I go with everything? <laughs> sure. Yeah, he's, uh, if you look at the numbers, he's sitting just under 300. The OPS is around 1,000. He's leading the International League and runs batted in. I arguably think that this season what I'm seeing from him is more impressive than last season and obviously last season he had the 36 37 homers he led minor league baseball and runs batted in but this year guys are actually pitching with strategy to him they're not giving him pitches to hit they're throwing him three one change-ups and two two sliders in the dirt he can't just take advantage of mistakes and the fact that he's getting pitched differently and he's still doing this and he's not striking out in fact he's striking out less than he was last year and walking more than he was last year to be a power hitter and be on pace to hit 35 homers and drive in 130 runs and have as many walks as strikeouts, I'm really impressed. I'm impressed to see him go from at bat to at bat. Like I'll, I'll take you back a couple days ago. Uh, we were in Buffalo. His first two at bats struck out swinging, popped out, and then he struck out on a three-two changer from Drew Hutchinson that he was a little bit out in front of. And, and that's one of those games for a young prospect or even Mervis in general last year that he would have gone 0 for five. You know what he did the next at-bat? He had a 419-foot homer through the wind. At-bat after that, single through the right side at 108 miles per hour. That's when you know the maturation process is taking shape. Um, I'm really impressed by him as a person. I'm impressed by him as a teammate. Um, and just seeing him as a pure hitter and how he's grown from non-prospect to big prospect to on the fringe of the big leagues, um, it's been really remarkable to watch. And I think he's an impact bat. So I love everything you just said in terms I'm of sure like, how, <laughs> well, obviously, well, what I was going to say is I, I love everything you said because you're right. I, I didn't know what's he's, what he's doing different this year compared to last, but to, yeah. for you to be able to notice that on a daily basis, clearly that's something the Cubs wanted to see first. And now based off what you just said, I mean, I'm, I, I'm just curious to how many more at bats the Cubs would want him to have uh, to, I guess, you know, just continue to get better at adjusting. Well, I mean, there's that. there's a lot of different parts to this. Remember, Matt Mervis is not on the 40-man roster. So it's not just as simply as bringing him up. You would have to designate somebody else for assignment or put somebody on the 60-day. So it's not as simple as, like, okay, you're on the 40-man. We're going to bring you up. Uh, Eric Hosmer, you have options. We're going to send you down. You can't do that. So it's right. much more complex than that. And the old you know, adage of if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Well, the, as you said, these Cubs have been overachieving. So you don't want to mess up the, the continuity and everything going on in that locker room. I've been in that locker room. Eric Hosmer is very well respected. Now, does that mean that if he's gone, everything's going to go down in flames? I don't know that. But I do know that they're playing well with him in the lineup. And they're playing well with him on the bench. So it'll be hard to make a move like that. I mean, that is a disruptive move. Yeah, you can't say that it's not. So this is a team that's three games over 500. 
And you guys alluded to it. I mean, they're getting great performances from Ian Happ. They're getting great performances from Nico Horner. Say Suzuki's coming back and playing. Cody Bellinger is playing like 2019 Cody Bellinger. You do not want to waste that. But having guys in that locker room like Eric Hosmer to keep everything afloat and steady, we don't know how important that is. And I, I think that's on the management. I think that's on David Ross to decide that. Yeah, Alex, when you, for me, when you, oh, go ahead, go ahead. I was going to say just one more on Mervis for me. Um, a lot of the conversation is like, what, what else does Matt Mervis have to prove at AAA? Why isn't he in the major leagues? What more can he show them at AAA level before he gets that call up? So, as someone that watches him every day, but also someone just generally understands mm-hmm. where AAA is on that on that kind of stepping stone, what in your mind is like is left for Matt Mervis to do at the AAA level before? he gets that call up to the big leagues. I don't think it's at the plate. I really think it's defensively. I mean, this is a guy that in college didn't play much first base. Remember, he missed 2020. He didn't play that much in 2021. So this is a guy who's been an everyday first baseman for the better part of 13 months. So mm-hmm. it's getting his footwork right over there. He's already done a really nice job, you know, learning how to scoop and, you know, with his footwork. It's But it's, it's a lot more than that. And, and I think Matt just – Getting at bats against left-handed pitching, especially guys who throw drunk, who throw you know sliders outside, making sure that there there are no bad swings and misses, there are no uncomfortable at bats. Yeah, you know, I want to make sure that his walk rate and strikeout rate sustains. And yeah, you know, I think the question was, can he hit left-handed pitching? I think he answered that. His first two home runs this year were a combined nine thousand feet against left-handed pitching. So um, I, I think it's just putting that all together and making sure he does that day in and day out. And um, just being in the situations where, you know, Matt Mervis, if you're going up to the big leagues, you're going up there to drive in runs. So you have runners at first and third one out, make sure that you put a good swing on the ball. And even if it is a ground ball to the left side, no double plays are turned fly ball to the outfield. You're still driving in a run, make sure that you are playing productive baseball and having productive at, at bats. And there's more, to productive at-bats than home runs, doubles, OPS, slugging percentage. A sacrifice fly is a productive at-bat. So just keeping him on that mindset and making sure that he's not trying to hit every single pitch 6,000 feet, that a single through the right side or a single up the middle you know, with runners on second and third is still really good for your team and really good for you, and I think that he's starting to learn that. Yeah. Alex, you're not a cornball like I am, so I need your help on something. know that. You don't know no, that. Well, nobody's a cornball like him. Uh, <laughs> I want to sell some T-shirts here at CHGO, but I, I need some calls from, from Iowa coming up that would kind of, you know, push them a little bit into the forefront of the boss's mind. I've been uh, throwing out on this that I want you, like if we could get you to say that tater is mashed or he likes his taters mashed or mm, them's good mashed taters. One of those, like, I feel like like it's mashed, like something like that, you know, that's right. Something like that. I got you. I'm picking up. Okay. (laughs) Thanks guys. I told you we could work this out before it was too long. Uh, I heard, I saw your tweet where you said you, was it squealed like a 13 year old or something like that? Like like a 13 year old boy. Yeah. It was uh, was right after a a double header. Um, And then yeah, Brennan Davis decides to go three for five and hit a ball 430 feet to dead center field. So yeah, no, my, my voice cracked, and it's uh, one that I'll remember for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> so so tell us about Brendan Davis, because if you would have gone back, you know, just a year and a half ago, everybody wouldn't have been talking about Mash Mervis. They all would have been saying, 
when is Brennan Davis getting here? You know, and obviously last year certainly didn't go the way he expected it to or wanted it to, but where is he at now? A really, really good place is your answer. Um, I mean, this is somebody, as you said, that last year, it was a pretty serious injury, one that many thought that he would miss the entire season. He comes back, he hits about 200, he hits a home run in his last AAA at-bat, goes to the fall, he gets his at-bats, but then you're not playing for five months. And then you go to spring training and it's not a consistent schedule. So everything that you built back up in late August, early September, you kind of have to start from the ground up again. And, you know, Brennan traditionally, if you look at the start of his career, is a slow starter. So you combine with the traditional slow starts, working back from an injury and being the youngest player with the I Cubs this year. He's still the youngest player. This is third year in AAA. He's the youngest player by six months. You know, it was the second youngest player. It's Christopher Morrell. But that's another story. But <laughs> just being able to come here and, you know, really work through some stuff. The average temperature here was 42 degrees for the first 12 games of the season. Coming back and getting your tempo from a back injury, like you couldn't have worse conditions and weather and, you know, I think for him being able to get those ABs and know that he can get through the first month of the season healthy, which he has, he's playing every day. He has a hitting coach here in John Maley, who was the Cubs hitting coach in 2016 when they won it all. He has been instrumental to Brennan and keeping, you know, that steady. It's like, you know what? You went over three. That's fine. But you had a really good at bat here. You drew a walk here. You hit a ball 110 miles per hour foul this day. Stay the course. And you know what? Instead of spiraling, he has. He has back-to-back three-hit days. Over the last seven games, he's hitting 333. What's most impressive, he isn't striking out. He struck out three times in the last 31 ABs, and that is the huge difference from last year. Last year, it was 27%, 29%, and even all the contact was weak to the right side. Now he's pulling the ball. He went three for five yesterday. Should have been four for five. He had a 410-foot line drive down the left field line just foul. So he is hitting everything hard. He's hitting things. He's hitting baseballs to the left side. Um, a really impressive at-bat that I saw from him was against Nate Pearson, the flame-throwing righty uh, for Buffalo, one of the top pitching prospects in the Blue Jays organization. Threw a 99-mile-per-hour fastball, and Brendan hit it 108 miles per hour to right center field, a leaping catch by Jordan Luplo right in front of the wall, saved it from being extra bases. That doesn't show up on the box score, but that's the reality of the situation. He's hitting the ball hard. The ABs are great. He's not striking out. There's competitive at-bats. He's looking more like the Brendan Davis of 2021. Mm, that's good news. Yeah, it's uh, it's funny how we've all kind of forgot him in a way. And I think that a lot of that just has to do with the Cubs yeah. farm system just being so depth heavy and a lot of guys to be excited about, which is awesome And on one hand. But yeah. I don't want people to forget that that Brennan Davis once went from uh, high A to triple A all in one yeah. year or two, just like Mash Mervis. And, uh, you know, I I don't know where he where he – lands on this Cubs roster because they're so good in the outfield right now. Yeah. But I I do know that if the Cubs do sustain an injury or some sort of like that, I, I do I, I do feel good about him being able to get that opportunity at some point yeah. this year. But well, think, think about it. I mean, this is a guy that less than a year and a half ago in a span of a month hit two home runs at Coors Field in the Futures game, Futures game MVP. Came down to AAA as a 21-year-old, and in his first two at-bats, he hit home runs. Like, that's no joke. That's no joke. I mean, he is at his best, a middle-of-the-order impact bat in the big leagues. 
but can he stay confident? Can he make adjustments? You know, when things do go south during a series, can he come back? And he obviously showed that for his first 10 days, he struggled and then he came back. So the resiliency is there. He's already passed one test. So um, I've been really impressed with what I've seen from him really over the last 10 games, but specifically over the last seven games. And we're here at Principal Park. We're playing Louisville. If he could put together another big series, you know, keep on riding that hot wave. It's going to be fun to watch. Cody, Cody kind of mentioned how Brennan Davis is maybe starting to get a little forgotten or falling off some people's radars just with how good the the depth in the minor leagues has become and, and all the prospects that are starting to rise. But one other guy that I kind of think about and and just like kind of wonder at how quickly he fell off the radar is Caleb Killian. Um, you know, he was <laughs> arguably the most hyped pitching prospect in like 20 years last last year when he made his debut. Um, had two, he had a good first start, two bad starts after that and then went down to triple a and just didn't really look like what he had been prior to that call up mm-hmm. um then you know he started this year had a bad start had a better start and then a good start so far to, to start the triple a season i'm curious what you've seen out of caleb killian since you know beginning of last june what kind of led to a little bit of the the fall and and what he was doing right just kind of getting away from that and what he's working on you know to try to get back to that level because he was at again at this point last year was a pretty high pitching prospect in the cup yeah. system no he was a top pitching prospect in the organization i think it's um it's a couple of different factors it is when you go up to the big leagues not having that initial success it's really tough to to fail at a big league level and do it for an organization like the cubs um, mm-hmm. I think health has something to do with it. You know, Caleb didn't miss many starts didn't miss any starts, but he was a guy that wasn't a hundred percent healthy, but still wanted to get the ball every fifth or sixth day. And um, I, I think things kind of spiraled down from there. If he is anything like his last start, if that is his constant, if that is Caleb Killian. Now mm-hmm. that's the best that I've seen him since May last year. Um, I think it was 66% first pitch strikes. It was 67% strikes in general. It was two, three ball counts. He didn't walk anybody. And I think one of the best things I saw from him was just control. Like he didn't rear back and throw a non-competitive fastball up and away. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was 93 to 95, but pounding the strike zone, hitting his spots. Catcher didn't even need to move. So I was really impressed about that. Uh, and then also just his, his, tenor and pace on the mound you know sometimes with young pitchers you look at their windup and it's a little slow and with a guy of that size your mechanics can get off a little bit it's just being quick and decisive to the plate and that's what i saw in his last start um i thought that was by far the best that he's looked in a year um and probably would have been one of the best he's looked in last year too i mean he was really impressive yeah you, you mentioned how a guy can go up like that get the call not do well go back down to the minors and I think that's what some fans, a small piece of them, fear about Matt Mervis. You know, I mean, Anthony Rizzo didn't go up and have success right away. He had to go up, come down, go up, come down. Uh, you know, same thing for Ian Happ, Kyle Schwarber. We've talked about those guys. How is Christopher Morrell handling um, not being on the major league squad? Because he was just such a burst of fresh air and positivity, right? Like, I mean – the fan base fell in love with Christopher mm-hmm. Morrell. And as much as people say they want to see Mervis or they want to see PCA or Killian, whoever the name, when Christopher Morrell didn't make the opening day roster, there was an uproar on Twitter. Uh, some of the fans just cannot accept that he is not currently on the major league roster. How is he handling that? 
I'll give you an anecdote to describe this. So he got optioned, I believe it was like the second to last day of spring training. Mm -hmm. I was actually down there calling games for Marquee. I fly back to Des Moines. It's beginning at midnight. Morell's on my flight. Um, and I go up to him like, hey, you good? Yeah, do you need a ride to the hotel? Fine. I would expect him to be salty, upset because, you know, he expected to go to Chicago, not a Hampton Inn in Des Moines, Iowa. I mean, that's a big difference. Um, and in the car ride, he was chatty, smiling. You know, it was, my, it was myself, my wife, and Christopher. And he's talking to my wife, asking her questions. He gets out of the car, and I'm like, he's going to be fine. And he was. I mean, it's just he has a different energy wherever he goes, whether that is A ball, double A, triple A. He's smiling. He's joking. I mean, he and Nelson Velasquez are really, really close. And yeah, I, I, I talked to Morell on a pregame interview earlier in the week, and he was just like, you know what? Like, I've grown up with these guys. Like, I grew up with Nelson. Like, I was signed as a 16 year old. I've known Nelson for all my adult life and 25% of my actual life. You know, I grew up with Jared Young and Levi Jordan. And he feels, I won't say at home here because he wants to be up in the big leagues, but he's taking this opportunity with guys and coaches that he feels comfortable with and just playing good baseball and doing it at a variety of different positions. He's played left field, center field, right field, second base, third base in one game at shortstop here. That's why he's down here. He's down here to play all these different positions, hit at the top of the order, get ABs, recognize spin, and be patient. And you see the walk rate skyrocketing, the hard contact rate skyrocketing, and he's just improving as a player. He's the second youngest player on this team. So there is reasons for him being down here. They're very valuable, but he's a big league player and is a big part of the Cubs' future. That's the hard part. How do you know when a guy is ready to get that next shot or the first shot? You know, like you could see Mervis hit all these home runs or Davis have a great season or or Morrell starting out well. Like, how do you know when a player is both physically and mentally ready for that opportunity? Sometimes you don't know, but it's out of necessity. You know, you don't want to bring up Christopher Morrell in a spot like this. But if Patrick Wisdom gets hurt, guess what? You're going to find out. You know, you don't want to bring up Matt Mervis right now because you don't want to mess with, you know, the clubhouse dynamic that the club, the Cubs have right now. Fair. But if Trey Mancini gets hurt, if Luis Torrens gets hurt, if Eric Hosmer gets hurt, you're going to find out. So it's not a matter of if you're ready. It is more when you get that opportunity, when you're thrusted into that role, what are you going to do with it? Yeah, that's a good point. Um, <laughs> so a few people in the chat have – of have asked about who closes in Iowa because there's a big controversy or a lot of talk about yeah. the major league team right now with who's closing games. And I know the Cubs called up Jeremiah Estrada. We saw him a little bit in, uh, at the end of last year, and uh, he really excites me. I know Cam Sanders is a guy in Iowa that a lot of people are excited about. Who's who's a uh, what reliever? I guess maybe one that had that maybe maybe some people aren't talking about has been one that's kind of caught your eye or yeah or something uh, like that. there's uh there's two i mean manny rodriguez who was up in the big leagues with mm -hmm. with the cubs over the last two years he's finally healthy and, and with a guy that size yeah he puts all of his ounce and might into every fastball so for him to be healthy and stronger and his first fastball in the cold here being 98 miles per hour with you know a good slider and, and locating his changeup. Um, when he came up in 2021, everyone was really impressed with Manny and what he could bring to the table. I think he looks better now than he did then. So, you know, Manny's a reliever that's really stuck out to me early. And then Nick Birdie, who's a really interesting story. 
Uh, he went to Louisville, had a bunch of arm issues, uh, had, didn't throw a competitive pitch since 2020 up in the big leagues. So he was out in 2021. He was out in 2022. And his first fastball in 2023 was 99.3 miles per hour. <laughs> so it's like, Sounds okay, good. I mean, we, we get it. You got, we got, you got good stuff. And, you know, he's a guy who, you know, he sits 97 to 99. He's topped out at 100.3 miles per hour. He's got a really good slider. Uh, but as a guy who hasn't pitched in three years, he's still trying to find that that mechanical switch, that control. And it's going to take more than five appearances in April for him to find that out because mm-hmm. he hasn't pitched in three years. But in terms of pure stuff, back end of the bullpen stuff, fastball slider, I think Nick Birdie is probably your best back end of the bullpen arm guest followed by Manny Rodriguez. And then Cam Sanders, you brought him up. I mean, in terms of pure stuff, really impressive. But this is a guy who hasn't been a reliever for more than a year. Remember, he started last year as a starter. He was a starter in double-A. He started in triple-A as a starter. His first starting through five scoreless. He struck out nine. But him transitioning into that bullpen arm and knowing he's like, you know what? I don't have to groove a 93-mile-per-hour fastball here early. I could just go out there, throw 30 pitches, and throw as hard as I possibly can. It's getting into that mentality, and it takes some time. So I think Cam's got great stuff. He's going to be a big leaguer. But in terms of back end of the bullpen arm, go out there in ninth inning, get you outs, you know, blow people away. It's probably Nick Birdie and Manny Rodriguez. I, I am a little more curious on – like I, we know Manny, obviously, he, he pitched for the Cubs at that point, and Nick Birdie's another name. But like Cam Sanders is one I heard at the end of last season um, was kind of on that radar for Major mm-hmm. League. So and, and obviously he didn't make it to the major leagues last season, um, but he was one of those guys that, you know, kind of hearing towards the end, like, oh, keep this guy on your radar. He he's right there. So for him to like you said, you started last season as a starter, went, you know, went out to Arizona for, I think, a week or so on the developmental yeah. list, transitioned to the bullpen. And, and, you know, towards the end of last season was on the radar and even now still on that radar, just to see that quick transition, that quick acclimation and not and, and become someone that's like seems also very close to being ready for the big leagues. What, what has that been like to see from your seat of just what he's been able to do since uh, moving to the bullpen? He's fun to watch. I mean, he is like Newt Lelouch from Bull Durham in like 2023 form. Um, yeah, sometimes the release point isn't there and he'll walk a couple guys. But in terms of pure arm talent, not only is he among the best in the Cubs organization. I mean, I've been calling games for the I-Cup since 2018. It's some of the best I've ever seen. I mean, he, he could spin four pitches, got great movement, a lot of fluidity, really good athlete. Um, he could throw a 93-mile-per-hour fastball and top it out at 99-2. I mean, he's really difficult to pick up. It's a whippy motion. I like him a lot. The pieces of the puzzle are there, and it's a really nice puzzle. He just has to put them together. Uh, we assume that sooner or later, hopefully sooner, Kyle Hendricks will start to make some rehab starts and and get some action. I don't know if it'll be in Iowa or where it'll be or when he's going to pitch or any of that stuff, but it makes me think about the impact he'll have when he does go down to wherever it is to make those starts, the impact he'll have on young pitchers, because Kyle's always been a guy who is an open book, willing to talk to not only the media, but his teammates, even, even opponents, just other pitchers. Like he's willing to talk pitching with people. Um, and so I'm curious who you've seen be uh, someone players can lean on in, in Iowa or or at any time, whether it was even in Arizona, like yeah. who's a player that is, is an open book that players know that they can they can learn from this guy and the players seem the young guys seem receptive to that. 
who are currently on the roster or just in general since I've been here? I guess I guess in general since you've been there even. There's two that stick out in my mind, Jason Hayward and Ben Zobrist, by far. <laughs> Jason Hayward met us in Omaha, I believe it was 2021. He was tremendous, you know, talking with anybody and everybody. It was at the cage, batting practice, post-game meal, pre-game meal, everything. Ben Zobris, you know, came here during a pretty tough time in his life. And he sat down in the break room in the Iowa Cubs locker room and asked questions to anybody who would come in. Hey, where are you from? How are things going? What are you thinking about the season? I mean, he did it to our nutritionist. He did it to me. He did it to everybody. So just being you know, personable and likable, um, Ben Zobris and Jason Hayward were the two that st- stuck out to me. And I think my last one was Ian Happ. You know, Ian came down here in 2019, and he had every single reason not to be happy and be a curmudgeon and be somebody who was not easy to be around in the locker room. And he was the exact opposite. He was tremendous. I mean, he came in there, he was laser focused. He wanted to work. He wanted to get out of Iowa, but you know, he was really close with the coaching staff and the younger players and making sure that, you know, they knew his meticulous prep and what they were going to see up at the big leagues. And I think that's really translated for Ian, you know, not only going back up to the big leagues and having his success, but being a team leader and, he really impressed me in 2019. I'm so happy to see him, you know, succeed, become an all-star, get paid, all of the above, because he deserves it. I think that's one of the cool parts about your job is you get to see these guys when no one's really talking about them, mm-hmm. and then they go on to the major leagues, and if they become great or just even like a good major league, you can look back and be like, I remember when this guy was just slugging it down here or, yeah. you know, shoving or whatever down here as well. Like whether they're a pitcher or a position player. Like I think that's one of the coolest things about what you get to do. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm, I'm pretty lucky. Yeah. I've been here for five years and I've seen some really impressive talent. Yeah. I saw Adbert Owls live when he was coming up and you know, how electric he was and how smiley he was seeing Christopher Morrell, um, bring a smile to the ballpark every single day and then hit, you know, a 440 foot homer two hours later, really impressive seeing the, the maturation of Matt Mervis and seeing really his stock change from an organizational player to the heir apparent to the first base position for the Chicago Cubs, just seeing that process take shape. It's a lot of fun. And I think, you know, testament to the Cubs, kudos to the Cubs. The guys that are here right now are not only good players, but they're good people too. They're mm-hmm. very high character. One guy I want to talk about is Nelson Velasquez. Um, he is somebody that he's 24 years old. He's now the third youngest player on this Iowa Cubs team. And he is a veteran. He is somebody who who links together all sides of the Iowa Cubs clubhouse. So whether you were born in Puerto Rico, Venezuela, Dominican Republic, or you're you know a college guy who was born in Arizona. Everybody likes Nelson. The coaches like Nelson. He's a really good kid. And he's somebody that has all the ability in the world. He's a plus runner. Uh, He's a pretty good defender in center field. He could definitely play the corners. He's got above average power. He's somebody that I think if you can play him 80 or 90 times a year, he's going to hit double-digit home runs. He's going to steal double-digit bases. And he's somebody who's going to provide a little bit of thump in the middle of the order, as you saw against Seattle with that home run at Rick Field. I'm a big Nelson Velasquez fan. Yeah, I've just having him come up. I want to say it was like late May, end of June last year. Like morale, like you mentioned, those guys are really close, but um, they kind of rub off on each other on just 
be adding a lot of young positivity to that clubhouse, which yeah, especially there's, last there's, season you needed. There's an energy to that. There's an energy to both of them when they show mm-hmm. up to the ballpark and they smile. And they're not disrespectful about it either. I mean, they go about playing the game the right way. They hustle. They have hard at bats. They're really good teammates. They're good with their coaches. They show up early. So they really do everything right. And as I said, that's a testament to the Cubs organization. You know, with Morrell, their international scouting, with, with Velasquez drafting him out of Puerto Rico. I, I really like the crop of players that, one, they've acquired, and, two, they've been able to get through you know, either the late rounds of the draft. Matt Murmurs, remember, undrafted in 2020, so being able to identify that, da- that talent, cultivate that talent, and, and make sure that these guys are put in the best position to succeed at the AAA level, then up in the big leagues. And I you also mentioned having been there for five years now. So you've really seen the evolution of what the farm system has been after that. The, the core went up and, and started taking over the major league. So I'm curious what you've seen over the last few years, uh, This how this team has evolved from uh, a, a club where, like, you don't know what they have at AAA who can truly come yeah. up and back up these guys. Not to now it's like you have a bunch of guys on the AAA level that you're sitting there saying, why are these guys not on the major league roster yet? What has that evolution been like? It's been crazy. My first year here was 2018. It was our 50th season, and we had 49 wins. We were 35 games under 500. Um, it was a tough team. And now seeing these guys that the only reason that they are here is because the big leagues, you can only carry 26 guys. Mm-hmm. There are guys with big league service time here. Tyler Duffy, one of our relievers, big league service time for six years. Rolandis mm-hmm. Elias, one of our starters. Big league service time for five years. David Bodie, who really locked in some considerable big league time, is now here playing everywhere for the ICOP. Second base, shortstop, third base, first base, DH. So you have big league talent when it comes to that. And then the prospects like a Mac Mervis, who everybody's clamoring for. Christopher Morrell, who was borderline a rookie of the year candidate last year in the big leagues. And Nelson Velasquez, who I'm convinced if you give him every day at bat to the big leagues, he's a starter. He's a two-war player. So... The evolution's clear. I mean, the talent in this organization is far and away, hands down, better than I have ever seen it. And I'm not speaking – it's not hyperbolic. It's the truth. They're really good. You're saying all this, and it's just like, all right. Let's you go. All these, you said all these nice things. And I'm like, why are they not on the Cubs, Alex? Because there's only, 20, <laughs> there's only 26 guys who you can have on a roster. If they if they bump up the roster to 33 players, then you have more guys. It's simple. Yeah. <laughs> I hear you. But. And Cody, they want to make sure they have playing time when they get there. You don't yeah. want to like stunt a player's growth just to call them up and play once every two weeks either. That's that's the tricky part of it all. But I yeah. love what, everything you Alex brought up told. a really good point. I don't mean to cut you off, but you brought up a really good point uh, when I was listening on the other side. Like Nick Madrigal is finding a, a great role playing two, three times a week. Not everybody can do that. Yeah. In fact, not many players can do that. They are rhythm-based hitters. They need to see 21, 24 pitches in a span of two or three days to get into a rhythm. Do you know how hard it is to come off the bench for the first time in five days and put together four quality at-bats? It's not easy. So the fact that Madrick can do that, that's a niche. That's why he's going to be in the big leagues for a long time. That's probably why he was drafted as fourth overall pick, because he profiled not being able to hit for power, not being able to really run. I mean, he's, he's an average runner and with an average arm. You need to be able to have a pure hit tool in any time, in any situation. And he has that. And not everybody can do that. Um, I don't know if Morrell can do that. I don't know if Mervis can do that. I have a little bit more faith that Velasquez can do that as a fourth outfielder. But if I'm calling up Christopher Morrell, I want him to play four, four or five times a week. If I'm playing Matt Mervis up in the big leagues, he better be getting at bats 
four or five times a week, regardless of matchups, lefties versus righties. Like yeah. he needs to be in the lineup. Morrell needs to be in the lineup. It's important for these guys to get everyday bats down here because they're not going to get them up in the big leagues right now. Awesome. Alex, we've uh, we've really enjoyed this. It's been a lot of fun. We would love to do it again, you know, a couple weeks, maybe a little bit down the road. You get another update for us. You up for that? Yeah, yeah. Just slide into my DMs like Cody did. I mean, it's voice of Cohen too. I got my twi- my real co- my real voice of Cohen Twitter account hacked. Thanks, Elon. Really appreciate that. Um, <laughs> they're that. like, we can't verify your identity. I'm like, well, I've been doing this for four years. Here's everything. No, nothing. Um, but yes, yeah. Shoot me a DM. Call me. Come on down to Iowa. Come hang out, and uh, happy to come on. I want to go to Iowa. I want to go to Iowa and I want to check out the the broadcast because I know my guy Mike, Mike Dubs has been in there with you. And yeah, I, we, I, we I kicked it. Yeah, Mike, Mike and I had a fun conversation in St. Paul. Come on down here. We'll throw you. We'll have you throw a first pitch. You got to do it left handed, oh. and then oh, and then you'll oh. come into the booth oh. and we can talk baseball. Yeah. <laughs> oh geez, now Ryan wants to go because yeah, you know, like he it. wants to show off his fastball. Now it's we're in still- trouble. Absolutely. I mean, our radar gun's a little bit inflated, so if it says 70, it's probably 60 for you, Ron. Guys are more than welcome to come down at any time. And I mean, it's I'm a little bit biased, but it's a great place to watch a minor league baseball game. And especially with the crop of talent that we have, it's the best offense in the International League, we're averaging seven runs per game. We've scored 10 or more runs six times. They're a really fun team to watch. You guys should come down. Cool. Awesome. Alex, appreciate it again. Thank you. It's uh, Voice of Cohen 2. Two. Don't get fooled. Voice of Cohen, too. Thanks again. We appreciate it and uh, look forward to talking to you in the future. Thanks for having me on, guys. Really appreciate it. Guys, I tell you what, Fubo TV is the thing to have right now. 140-plus live channels of sports, shows, movies, and news. You can stream live TV from any device. Watch the most Chicago sports for the lowest price. You can start watching right away with a seven-day free trial. No contract, no cable, no hassle. Just sign up and start watching. You get 1,000 hours of cloud DVR included at no extra charge. Watch local teams while traveling. You got the NFL draft coming up here uh, this week on ESPN and NFL Network. You have playoffs going on in the NHL and NBA. And, of course, Cubs on marquee. Sometimes the Iowa Cubs and Alex Cohen on marquee TV. So sometimes if you want to catch those Cubs prospects, uh, you can catch them right on Marquee, and all you need is Fubo TV. Use the link in the description to sign up for 15% off your first month of Fubu Pro. I have it right on my phone. The stream is great. No issues whatsoever. I take the Cubs with me wherever I want, whenever I want, and it is awesome to have. Or I can just put it right on my TV, and I can cut my cable, which is also a positive for me. Yeah. Yeah, I was telling my friend over the weekend that went to the game with me and Cassidy yesterday. She's having issues with uh, watching the Cubs games because she doesn't have cable. Mm-hmm. And I told her, yeah, Fubo TV. Use the code CHGO, you get 15% off. I mean, what else could I could you ask for? You know what I mean? So uh, you can do that. And then you can also throw in other channels, perhaps like ESPN, and you can uh, gamble on every NBA game tonight, like I probably will since the Cubs are off, right? <laughs> you can just load up your DraftKings Sportsbook account. The NBA playoff it is NBA playoffs time. That means big hoops action with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Get in on the excitement of every game with the touch of a button. Seriously, it's that easy. Uh, new customers can make a $5 pregame money line bet and score $150 in bonus bet. 
bonus bets if their team wins. Plus, everyone can score a no-sweat same-game parlay every day during the NBA playoffs. Open the DraftKings Sportsbook app, opt-in, and place a same-game parlay on any NBA game. If it doesn't hit, you'll get a bonus bet back up to 10 Tonight, I'm taking the Giannis Antetokounmpo legacy game parlay is what I'm calling it. Giannis to get a double-double, to record a block and a steal, and to go over three and a half assists. Comes out to like plus 290 on DraftKings. Oh, you're betting against Jimmy Butler. Is he for sure playing? Is he even for sure going to play? He is for sure playing. I follow Shams, and Shams doesn't lie. He said he's playing. He was taking. He was putting shots up and shoot around or whatever. Okay. It's the Giannis legacy game. They're down two one the series. I believe in him more than Jimmy Butler. Sorry. Okay. Uh, download the app now and sign up with code CHGO. New customers can make a five dollar pregame money line bet and score one hundred and fifty dollars in bonus bets if their team wins. Only in DraftKings Sportsbook with code CHGO. Gambling problem? Call one eight hundred Gambler in Massachusetts. Call eight hundred three two seven five zero five zero or visit Gambling Helpline MA dot org in New York. Call eight seven seven eight Hope NY or text Hope NY four six seven three six nine. In Kansas, call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero zero. On behalf of the Boot Hill Casino and Resort, twenty one plus in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction eligibility restrictions apply see draftkings.com slash sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources now that is a lot okay well but look at the positive positivity from cody right there the work week is is going like this stock up as cody used to say last year all the time stock is going up sure the cubs lost three out of four but so far already today we've had aaron Rodgers kicked out of green bay yep. good riddance see you mm. later We've Hi. had uh, welcome back. We've had Alex Cohen tell us, "Listen, the prospects are coming, and when they get here, they're going to be productive." He seemed very optimistic about a lot of those guys, yet also letting us know that you know what, it's not as simple as just he's hot. Call him up, <laughs> you know. So, but, yeah. But you heard from a guy that gets to see the AAA team every single day tell you that it's different down there. It's not. It's not what it was just a couple years ago. So there's there's a lot more coming. The next wave is coming. We know it. He knows it. He gets to see it. And I I was I was most excited by the fact that it wasn't just, hey, Matt Mervis is doing this. He's got nothing to prove. And he said no. Like defensively, he's got some stuff he could work on while he's here. And then it just exploded out into a list of names of people that you were like, yeah, he could Boy, that guy could have an impact on the team. I mean, we didn't even bring up like Javier Assad trying to come back and stretch out. We we didn't get to what's 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 with Braylon Marquez. Is he is he going to be anything ever? Like you could have gone down the list of names of players. We talked about Killian, Cam Sanders, but there's a lot of players on that team that make it worthwhile if somebody's got a couple days off during the summer. Or you've got a weekend and you want to make a road trip to Des Moines. It's just a quick trip and back. It's not going to cost you a ton of money. Um, it's it's a team worth going to watch. And South Bend is too, frankly. So we're kind of lucky to have them both so close. Yeah. Uh, someone yeah. in the chat, Craig, he asked, does anyone know why PCA hasn't played the last few games? And from my understanding, from what I read on social media, is that he's just sick. Yeah, that's I, what I that's what I that's what I've seen. That's the information that I've seen put out there. I think uh, Mick Gillespie, one of the yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, one, yeah, one of the minor league broadcasters. I uh, believe yeah. Tennessee. Yes, yeah, yeah. that's I where, he's, at, he said, where he's actually been playing very well. So yeah, I believe he said that uh, PCA was running and and um, 
running the bases and, and doing some other type of baseball activity. So if he's just sick, that's obviously a good sign. So we'll, I guess we'll see what happens with PCA. You know, the yeah. minor leagues are all off. So see if he plays back to, in the lineup tomorrow. I guess to kind of sum up, I I know that I'm like, I know that the Cubs, they have these guys on the roster. I understand that there's certain scenarios. Like I said earlier, it, to me, it makes sense that Morel is is there because, yes, I agree with Alex. You want him to find a way to play every single day. And also, he definitely had flaws coming into the season. It makes sense. Even as much as like he's mashing in, in, in Iowa, I understand it. And then same thing with Velasquez in a way, just because the outfield in, in Chicago right now is so good. I just – I just don't think you can justify Eric Hosmer and Trey Mancini as a reason to block a guy like Matt Mervis. That it has nothing to do with those guys as like people or anything. I just think them blocking him should not be a reason that he doesn't get the call. That's just how I feel about it. So that's the sum of it all. I mean, I mean, I I, I agree in a in a to an extent that like if if we're sitting here in a month and those two guys are still playing like you know playing bad or and Matt Mervis and, and like if there gets to a point where there's no absolutely no reason I agree with you to an extent but from what out I, I really liked what Alex said on there is still stuff that Matt Mervis has to work on right like mm-hmm. the defensive side is still something that they want him working on and is that does you know the does the DH having the DH at the major league level kind of make that point moot maybe a little bit but um if he's going to be this first baseman of the future you got to be able to trust him at first base. Um, and, you know, I've seen some people in here talk about how he looked fine in the Arizona Fall League at defensively. Well, this is from Alex Cohen, the guy that watches Matt Mervis every day. So I, I do trust um, what he has to say. And and it may not be the best reason for having Matt Mervis down. I, I don't think it's a Chris Bryant situation where they have to – they're working on his defense right. until the, the day it's after the service not. time. <laughs> I don't think it's – I don't think it's that. Um, so if, if – Alex is saying something that as far as things to work on, like that's still something that they want to see improve at the AAA level. Then I, you know, I buy it and it may not be the best reason to keep him down. Um, but if, if doing that for him, letting him play there every single day and, and improve in that sense is what's keeping him down. Then if Al again, if Alex says it, then I, you know, I buy it and I'm okay with it. Now that said, if, if the veteran players keep struggling or one of them keeps struggling and his defense is not quite there, but Mervis is just crushing Iowa in a month or four weeks or three weeks or two weeks or whatever whatever the date might be. I also wouldn't bring him up. I wouldn't hesitate to bring him up just because his he hasn't played first base a lot because now we have the DH. Mm-hmm. So if this guy's bat is so impactful that you have to get him to the major league level, there is a way to do it. Mm-hmm. where you can still let him work on that defense, taking infield every morning, playing an occasional first base, but not all the time. Now, it, it could stunt his development as a defensive player, but if you, if the reason you want him to be a major leaguer is, wow, this guy's bat's unbelievable and he's crushing it, at least there yeah. is a path, there is a path to mm-hmm. that a little bit easier than there was a couple years ago. Now, now you can get there because you could just – you could still platoon him with somebody at first, or you could just bring him up. And if he's if he's able to hit left-handers, you could just let him DH for a lot, 
right? Like, I do like that possibility that, yeah. that that is a way he could sneak up to the major league level, even if his glove isn't quite ready. Yeah, and that's why I mentioned the DH. Like, that, like yeah. four years ago, where I, I don't know what that conversation looks like without the DH and not and without a DH coming in the near future. Um, this the the idea that if he's not playing well at first base defensively or something like that, like that that conversation is a lot different mm-hmm. without the DH. So, that, but that's why I mention it as, there, yeah, there's obviously a, a way to get him up here and get that bat up here in Chicago without putting a guy at first base. If he's not ready, if he's not playing it well at the triple A level, right? Like it's not, you don't have to expose him every single day to first base at the major league level, but you do want him to be kind of ready to do that eventually. Obviously. Yeah. I'll say, all I will say is if, if they lose two out of three of the Padres, if things don't go well, Miami, it's only going to get worse in terms of like people calling for it. And I, I'm just, I got my whole point is I only think he makes the roster better. I, I think that they could use the offense because you're getting a lot of good offense from the top of your lineup, like one through five right now. And they're just not getting it really anywhere else. I mean, outside of Jan Gomes, who's surprisingly been okay offensively as a catcher, uh, but like outside, like anywhere in, at the bottom of that lineup, it's it's been a big question, really. And so to me, that's why they should it, it should be in consideration. I, and at the same time, I do understand long term development, blah blah blah. So that's just again, it's a lot of it's a lot of stuff that I don't know that goes into it. I'm not an Iowa like Alex's. I get it, but again, I just I just don't see why. He won't be if he's not here on May first. I'll be, I'll be surprised and probably irrationally angry. I look forward you to will that. Be irrationally for the vibes, for the yeah. vibes. So I wouldn't even say probably. Yeah, no, I, I will be, and it's fine, in a way. Uh, I just, I just hope the Cubs keep playing well, man. They got to bounce back tomorrow against the Padres. You got my guy Justin Steele going up against them. Padres haven't played that well to start the year. So in a way, the Cubs are getting no matter at the right time. Like let's get a we need a good outing because Wesneski wasn't good on Saturday, and I honestly thought Stroh was fine yesterday. I just think they left him in an inning too long. Um, but I also don't blame Rossi for doing it because he's been so good. You're giving the benefit of the doubt that maybe he can give you six innings again. Didn't work out. It is what it is. So we need Justin Steele to be what he has been, which is just a dog, and give us a quality start tomorrow. The Cubs need it. I need it like air to breathe tomorrow night when me and Luke are at the studio getting ready to watch this game. They got it. We got to bounce back. You got to start the series off right. That way you can take some you, you take take some of that pressure off of trying to win that series, uh, winning the final two. So tomorrow's game is huge. It's an April game, but it's huge. Steel against Snell. Cody needs a 3-1-2 beer bat like the rest of us need air. Ryan will be back at the ballpark, uh, and Cody and I will have pregame Post game, Ryan will join us for post game with all the interviews. Make sure you sign up to be a diehard. If you aren't already, go to allchgo.com. Make sure you don't miss out on any of Ryan and Jared's great work that they do out at the ballpark for us, getting us interviews, getting us video content, uh, writing articles, uh, getting us the insight that you want from your favorite team. If you're a diehard of the Cubs, you're going to want to be a CHGO diehard. So make sure you sign up to do that. If you haven't subscribed to the YouTube channel, best way to take our experience in, please do that as well. Like, review, five stars, all those things. Spotify, we appreciate all your support. 
Everybody in the chat was there again today. We appreciate we were on a different time today. Glad you could find us at 3.30. Tomorrow, pregame, 6 o'clock will be the Barbara. pregame show. And, of course, postgame right after the final out. 6 o'clock, um, Barbara, pregame. And then right live, after the game. Barbara, we're going to be live at 6 o'clock. Live at 6, and we'll be live right after the game from the studio. That's right. Mark it down. Put it in your calendar, Barbara. <laughs> Five with us. Uh, <laughs> special thanks to Alex Cohen. Wishing him good luck the rest of the season. Hope we'll get to talk to him again soon. He was a great guest. And uh, thanks for checking out the CHGO Cubs podcast presented by DraftKings, America's top-rated sportsbook. Download the app. Use the promo code CHGO when you sign up. Until pregame show, 6 o'clock on Tuesday. Don't forget, fly the W.